the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. I don't know whether it's just me because I think I might have cranked that up. Was that louder this week? It did sound a bit louder. <laughs> it did sound a bit louder this week. <laughs> Oh yeah, I adjusted the desk. This one goes to 11. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Hello everyone, welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and joining me to talk about Tottenham Hotspur two days later than planned, but actually on time, it's Matt. How are you, mate? How are you? I'm alright, yeah. Good. Oh yeah. Best laid plans of mice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I said to everyone, we're going to do the show Tuesday. You were like, yeah, that's great. I was like, yeah, perfect. And then, yeah, that went out the window, like, horrifically. Uh, my um, my gran used to have a sign in her house that says, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Yeah, absolutely. I think that has got to be the most <laughs> apt thing ever. So, like, oh, well, I think I'm going to do this. <laughs> do you now? Oh, it's like my job every day. I'll come in, I'll go oh, in every day with all these things I want to do, and then within about half an hour, nothing like that is happening. I, I bet a lot of people feel that way. It's like you go in, it's especially like, you know, you talk about that, that Monday feeling. Like you go in on a Monday, and it's like, oh, Monday. Monday I sometimes attack it like right I've got a to-do list I am gonna kick this list ass I'm gonna start this week really well gets like lunchtime that list is now quadrupled in size (laughs) of stuff and I've not been able to do any of it because people have rung me with stuff that I know like left field stuff I had no idea like how is that a problem how is where has that come from and I finished the Monday like oh Mondays oh god (laughs) I, I do. I, funny enough, my Monday, I came in uh, at work with with all these things planned, yeah. and uh, I've got a few new starters where I work, and uh, one yeah. of them, I mean, I don't really blame her because the training's been, been good, but there's been certain yeah. aspects that possibly have been missing, but she's been taking cash for the last two or three weeks and was unaware that it had to be logged, so I had a safe full of cash that I had oh, no, no idea what was in there. So the, the first two hours was me, and then, yeah, as, as is always the case, as I'm trying to deal with it, because I don't know if you've ever worked in financial yeah. service, oh, I know you but you know, like when you're actually in the in the thick of it, I know you. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you you get you, with cash, you've, you've got to be so careful. So oh, yes. obviously, I've got to make sure there's always two people in the room, and I'm getting people knocking on the door. I've been told my manager wants me, and I'm like, I'm trying to deal with this. There's only there can only be two of us in the. There has to be two of us in the room at one point. Please don't go away. Let me do this. And I, and, I, and when I came in that month, uh, this month, I was thinking, do you know, I'll get that done. I'll get that done. Yeah. Two hours later, whatever hair I've got left has fallen out. You know? Oh, mate. <laughs> No, I when, when you, um, one of the things I used to do, my company used to run banking agencies. So basically it was like the same as a bank branch, but an agency, think of it like a franchise. So people would walk in thinking it was a Santander, but actually it was us running it like a counter service. And so I, I did all the training. You know, you run the company, I've got a great belief that you learn it all. Because one, I if someone's off sick and it's the fan I can cover, but also when people gripe at me, I can say, oh, "Well, I've done that myself." Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, of course. That's always it's always been my philosophy. If you run it, know how to do it. <laughs> so yeah. I did the training with everybody. You know, like the undercover boss thing. I, yeah, I was there. I it was like awesome. uh, thirty to forty people there on this course. None of them knew who I was. <laughs> I was that's just awesome. the faceless person of course his surname like jones mine i can get away with it <laughs> just uh, so what's your name oh jones oh like the like the managing director just like him <laughs> just yes. like him yeah <laughs> just like that similar. guy yeah 
Yeah, weird. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, another Jones, eh? It's like, oh, there's like another 20 of us here. What a shock. Yeah. And, and so I did the whole training thing. But yeah, the cash thing. Oh, man, that was that was the stuff. They used to stress me out. Like, you'd be there and you'd be yeah. like, okay, at the end of the day, we've taken all this cash for people. Okay, you now have to have two people. But of course, when it's a bank as well, you used to have to have the security things were hilarious, right? Okay, you got four members of staff. One person has to stand by the door that's locked, keeping a lookout. You know, if you see anyone suspicious, yeah. you do like a warning. Then you get all the cash <laughs> out of the safe. Two people are counting. One person stood there making sure the people counting it are really counting it. And I, I'll be like, I know I'm not stealing this. I know, I know the staff here. But I am stressed. I, I am yeah. sweating. I look like I'm going to run with this money. <laughs> it was, yeah, no, I used to find that. Yeah, incredibly strange. The other thing as well, the part of it, of course, is counterfeit money, like the whole doing the checks on it and making sure everything is there. Like you've, oh, I've got five grand in cash here, but someone's collected about £100 worth of £20 notes that looked like they were printed on a Epsom printer. Brilliant. <laughs> well done, everyone. Great day's work, that. Only one side showing, the other side's blank. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> How did you accept this? Oh, he handed it to me with loads of other ones and I thought it looked okay. Oh, great, well done. Yeah, do you understand the words P45? <laughs> oh, but anyway, enough of that. We talked for five minutes of just me being silly. Um, Welcome, uh, this is about Tottenham, I promise. If you're brand new to the show, it isn't just me and Matt chatting. That's a different show, which we might do one day. If anyone's interested, just us talking about whatever's going on in the news. Uh, we'll call it, oh my God, not again. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or we are fed up of living through once-in-a-lifetime events. Oh my God, it's relentless, isn't it? Honestly, it's relentless. It's every time it's like, oh, this is once in a lifetime. I'm like, no, shut up. Yeah. No, I'm not hearing that again. I have been told this for the last 15 years. Well, do you know what? I, I, I know we, this this will bring it back to football, but, um, yeah. well, kind of bring it back to football anyway. But I know I've said this before, but I am yeah. 100% convinced that in 2016, when they did that Hadron Collider experiment yeah. and it worked, we have been, like, the, the reality that we are living in, that everyone's experiencing where we yeah. are, is what was the one that got knocked off knocked off kilter so in 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 so when basically two things happened uh the hadron collider thing worked and it's and it yeah. knocked us off kilter which is experiencing and it yeah. didn't work and everyone's living normally that that year leicester didn't win the premier league uh, chelsea won it chelsea yeah. didn't finish 12th they finished they won it yeah. and leicester yeah. finished 12th donald trump yeah. didn't become pro, uh, president uh, Brexit People laughed happen. at the notion of that instead. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, uh, David Bowie didn't die. Muhammad Ali didn't die. Do you know, yeah. they, we we we've basically living off kilter. Like we're we're the we're yeah. the we're the effect of the Hadrian Collider it's, thing it's working. <laughs> so so I think you're right. The scientists need a kick in. That's, that's all I heard. <laughs> that was all I heard in amongst of that. Yeah, <laughs> scientists deserve an absolute kick in. Um, no, you're you're probably not wrong. There's a TV show on Netflix called The Good Place. Okay. Which is all about uh, someone, uh, they die, they go to heaven, and when you, when you, sorry, when they go to heaven, when you die, you go to either a good place or a bad place. And there's this woman who realizes she's been an absolute shit her entire life, but ends up in the good place by some sort of admin error. But she's trying to keep a low profile so she can stay there. Right. Anyway, the, the series goes on. It's very funny. It's a comedy, it's a sitcom. 
I think you're right. Yeah. I think we're in the bad place. Yeah, really <laughs> that hedron collider got switched on, and, yeah. and it went. Okay, here's the good place, <laughs> and this is this is where we're basically an experiment. Yeah, where we're going to throw everything at these people and just see how long until they absolutely snap. <laughs> absolutely, because there's, there's no. Like we've gone through COVID. Uh, yep. the, the, her Majesty's just died, and now we got Russia going. Yeah, World War Three, bring it! And the World War's going. Really? I'm tired. Yeah, I've got please. to pay more for gas now. You get? Yeah. <laughs> all, all, in that, oh, in that other no. alternative reality, they're all paying about fifty quid a month for their gas electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know oh. everything's fine? Politics is boring. <laughs> yeah. Politicians just argue over, you know, taxation oh plans, and you know, the NHS doesn't have waiting times, and oh God. Uh, you know, again, and I know I'm completely off topic, and if people switch off, I apologise. But just listening today to the, to the politician here saying, um, "Yeah, so what we're going to do to fix the NHS is we're going to set them targets." I'm like, "That's amazing. Jeez. That's like setting a fat kid a target to beat Linford Christie in a hundred meter sprint. It ain't going to happen, but I can set him the bloody target." <laughs> So what planet are you living on? Yeah, completely. Anyway, anyway, right. So, so Tottenham, <laughs> we, me and you said, and we said it, and I'm, I'm doing it this week. We would start with the fan comments because we too often get sidetracked, as proven by the start of this podcast. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so we are going to open with thoughts and comments and questions from fellow Tottenham fans. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Now, one of my favorite things on social media is perusing Twitter and kind of laughing at, at Twitter on a regular basis. So before we dive into the comments questions, I just want to say to you, this is something I saw on Twitter today. And I'd love to get your thought on this. Okay. So everyone, Tottenham fans, know that Eric Dyer has been recalled to the England squad. Now we also know that in football, sometimes you can get a really bizarre narrative. Uh, Harry Winks only passes the ball backwards. <laughs> you know yeah, that one is like, yeah. I watch the games. He seems to go in all directions to me, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, bizarre narratives that get disproven, but people just won't hear it. So. On Twitter today, uh, there's a discussion about Eric Dyer being back in the England squad, how he's the most accomplished central defender in a back three for England. And this is a really good article about it. The first reply, which has had far more likes than I want to really comprehend, I don't think I've ever seen Eric Dyer pass to someone in his own team ever. Yeah, it's right? so frustrating, isn't it? So that is an interesting narrative that has come from someone and a lot of people are like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, the guy can't pass, yeah, you know, he's a big lump, don't know what he's doing. So I thought about this and I thought, that can't be right. Now, before I went off and did some research myself, I noticed there was a reply from a Tottenham fan who, who unfortunately, I've cut their name, I apologise. If this was you, by the way, on Twitter, message me because you're my hero of the day, who replied with, you do realise that in Premier League era history, Eric Dyer has passed the ball more than any other Tottenham player. Oh, really? Yeah. 16,657 completed passes. Eric Dyer is the number one passer of the ball in Tottenham Premier League history. <laughs> Knocking Jan Vertonghen into second place with 15,484 
And a bloke who now plays for Man United called Chrissy Eric something or another who's on 15,000. Don't want to talk about him. (laughs) But yeah, Eric Dyer has literally completed more passes than any other Tottenham player in the Premier League history. But he never passes to a teammate, man. It's unbelievable. What's worse is that person probably seeing this fact like, yeah, well, I've not seen it. (laughs) All right, mate, whatever. But I thought I'd open with that because it was funny. Uh, but yeah, the the question for you then, uh, Facebook or Instagram, where do you want to start? Yeah, let's go Instagram, mate. Okay, we start with the home of the lovely Laura, and the lovely Laura brings us a question from someone who has their own theme. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Johnny Stark Show. And here is his question. I feel like it's a game show, isn't it? The Johnny Stark show has <laughs> got to be a game show. The Johnny Stark says, which as of yet unused or underused player do you hope to see more of following the international break? Good question, Mr. Stark. Matt? Yeah, I'd like to see Bissouma uh, get more minutes because I yeah. know he didn't have a, a great game against West Ham and he's sort of coming on as a sub uh, towards the end of games. But yeah. purely because of how well he played for Brighton you know over the last couple of seasons so we know how good he is and and but when we signed him we was all saying this is a steal we're getting him for an absolute yeah. steal and i know part of it was the fact that he was you know coming to the end of his contract which is why we got yeah. him a lot cheaper but we, we all know how good he is and and i know that i've read somewhere that he's sort of struggling to fit into conte's yeah, you know, tactical there's yeah conte so i'm never sure about this in public but i think he must have quite a good open relationship with the players so when he does say this it doesn't seem to impact them because I've seen Basuma asked about it on international duty and he was fine like he was absolutely like he's over the moon and agreed but Conte basically said he's struggling with the tactical aspect of what Conte needs him to do so it's like you know physically everything is there but I'm asking him to do a role he's he's learning Um, and whilst he's learning I don't want to throw him in the deep end of Go swim. <laughs> oh no, he sank. Um, mm. But there is a. Uh, if you notice the change he made against Leicester by creating a three man midfield, which was basically allowing Basuma to play his game, break play, bring the ball forward, yeah. allowing Hoybier to do the same, allowing Bensinger to do the same. I think there's something there um, with a three man midfield for certain games. Yeah. But we shall see. Um, Basuma's a good shout. Um, I think everyone knows I'm going to say Oliver Skip because he's life um, <laughs> and he should play all times and be captain and hero. Um, other than that, uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty good. I, I know we're, uh, there's certain players there that you could sort of argue, but um, I think Basuma's the obvious one. I think that's definitely a good shout. Uh, Skip, Do you know another good... because I, I love him. Yeah, of course. Do you know another one as well um, who did an interview uh, a couple of days ago is Matt Doherty, who, a, yeah. a bit like with Basuma, doesn't sound pissed off that he's not playing no. and and sort of bought into Conte's uh, philosophy and kind of like, you know, yeah. whatever it is he's, he's, he's is got going. Squad, yeah. yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't like Royale bashing, but at the same no. time, I, I just still think that the guy's improved a lot but his yeah, yeah, his his crossing, uh, you know, his his his, his kind of uh, his supply is mm. is not really, it's not up to the standard it needs I, it needs to be. I, I, th- 
I wonder, do you think that it's now highlighted even worse when you see the quality from Perisic? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right. Perisic is incredible. His delivery of the ball, and you, you sort of go, Oh, that's what it's supposed yeah. to be like. Do, do you know? Do you know when? Um, Interesting. Yeah, you know. You know when? Um, I know we'll obviously talk about the game in in detail, and I'm sure we will get lots of questions. Sure. But the the Dyer goal, when mm. when he took that corner, no word of a lie, right? As the ball was halfway between his foot and Dyer's head, I said, yeah. I said to Seb, "What a corner!" Right, and then two yeah. seconds, a second later, it's in the back of the net, yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah. Like, wow, this like you know the guy's yeah, supply. What a difference it yes. makes. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've gone from basically never scoring from set pieces to now scoring the most headed goals or something. It's That's like, insane. It's, it's mad. Yeah. It is insane. Um, but yeah, I think we've answered that one quite well. Um, next one on uh, Instagram is from someone called Blong7. B-L-O-N-G-7. So, Blong7. Uh, is it possible that Conte is playing long-term mind games with other managers? For example, he made it seem like he would never change the 3-4-3 formation, and just when we finally start to accept that, he throws out a 3-5-2 in the second half against Leicester. Maybe he's doing the same thing with using his subs, showing other managers what he wants them to expect, like not making a sub until the 75th minute in most cases, then he will surprise us all and make three changes in the 60th in the future. Um, maybe. <laughs> it was really strange because it that what he did against Leicester, we was yeah. crying out for in the, yeah. the Champions League game, wasn't we? And, and a yeah, couple and of he, other games. didn't do it. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, I think uh, there's, there's several factors to this. One of the things is um, player fitness, player conditioning and stuff like that. And Conte, like Pochettino before him, is very big on that. So he will have all the sports science data of everyone of like, okay, this person, I'm trying to build up their fitness so they're going to play so many minutes. This person, you know, he's very into that and he wants the players to be coming in. Now, I had I had a conversation with Stepan Stefan, our super sub, the other day about this, where, you know, like a bit of a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I, I, I have a theory with Conte, I love conspiracy and I theory. think it's around... I know, I think you'll like this one. This is a weird season where we have a World Cup. Now, the players he is choosing and picking at the moment are guys who are going to that World Cup. These are guys who are settled in their national teams. They are going. And it feels to me like he knows that when we get close to that World Cup, even the most professional player on the planet, like a Harry Kane, will be thinking, do I want to go for that 50-50? I go to a World Cup in a week. Yeah. Am I... Because it's natural. It's human. You can't help it. You know, I am England captain. I am going to the World Cup where I feel, because Kane always feels, I can go and win that thing or the golden... I can go. Do I want to go in for that 50? Do I want to do the 60-yard sprint back? Yeah. And so to me, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, he's keeping that same squad, but he's... Keeping everyone together, it feels like he's got them all in. He's gone, right, we have got a unique plan for this season where initially <laughs> you guys, you're going to run with it. You're going to try and get us that start. Then we're going to start to rotate because, of course, the World Cup is a massive, massive X factor. All of those guys could go, Sonny, Kane, and they could all get injured. Yeah, of course. Like, we could come back from that World Cup and it, we're missing like our, our main strike force, our main defender. 
you know, we could be in bits. <laughs> so mm. you you have no idea. So you kind of want to do a plan up to it, optimizing the fitness of the players, optimizing the ones that you know are going to be staying behind with you because in your brain you're thinking when the World Cup ends, those are the ones that are going to need to do those initial weeks or initial week. Because if they're all injured, they're gone. But they're in the worst, best case, they're going to come back fatigued. Yeah, no, you know, of course. Ca- yeah, Qatar in the winter is still hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you want to play football in what? I'm sorry, yeah, you know. Yeah. The fact, I mean, uh, the whole debate. They should never be having a World Cup there. But that whole debate is gone. It's done. It's mm. happening. So. I think in his mind, he has created, because he's one of those coaches, isn't he? He's one of those kind of detail, heavy, this season's going to be mental, so therefore I have got this plan for this season. Um, and that's that's in my mind. That's what I think. That's my theory yeah. anyway. I mean, that's the thing. Like, It's it's really easy. And I know, I guess Mourinho was the, the master of never knowing what he's, what, you know, he thought everything he said had a yeah. had a meaning behind it, you know. You, yeah. you had to, yeah. you almost had to read into everything. But yeah. I guess, you know, why why not? Why wouldn't Conte have that kind of mindset as well? It's almost like the top men just need to have that, don't they? They do, and I think you um you got to look at the players that uh, Man City signed as well. You know, they signed Haaland, who I know I bang on about every week. He ain't going to the World Cup. Yeah, no, of Haaland course. And Norway yeah. aren't there, yeah. so. When they, you know, they're losing about 10, 11 of their players, but when they come back, they're going to have their talisman and they're going to have the nucleus of a side still there that can grab games, win games, you know, in in the short term whilst everyone comes back and slots back in. Mm. It's going to be a weird season. It's it's literally going to feel like two separate seasons, you know, you know, in a season being split in half. Being up there, like the goal for me right now, if I was planning this, would be be in touching distance. Yeah. Like Man City want to canter away from everyone. And at the moment they can't, you know, us, Arsenal, a couple of other teams, we're, we're right there, you know, <laughs> we're like hanging on to them. Mm. That has to be the goal to stay right in there, right in the mix. And then when everything comes back from the World Cup, no one knows what we're going to be. You know, Man City could lose five, six players. Anyone could. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, it's an absolute crab shoot, you know, and like I said, even the best case scenario, your players come back knackered. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird and intriguing. And to me, that's how it feels. It feels like is right. We're gonna run this team right now, but everyone else get ready because you're about to come in. <laughs> you know, you are. Yeah. You yeah. are then gonna have to take this ship. Um, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? Who knows? That's just a theory, anyway. Yeah. No. We are. We have one more from Instagram, and again, this man has his own theme, and to be honest, it's one of my favourites. Now it's time for a comment from my own brother. Handsome in my seat. <laughs> no one's worked out yet that that's Red Red Wine by UB40, so I've not been sued. <laughs> right, okay, Island Brother says... What's up, Spurs Nation? Uh, (laughs) The sun is back out and it's glorious. He spelt sun, the S-O-N. I just have one question. Any chance Conte changes his formation to 3-5-2, which clearly suits our players? As Chelsea boss, after we put the kibosh on the record-winning run, he switched to a formation for the rest of the season and won the league. 
Any chance we see a repeat of all <laughs> of that level of pragmatism, be well and come on you Spurs. It's the, it's the big fan debate at the moment, isn't it? The formation mm. is, I like... It always seems to happen as well. Like Pochettino resolves the debate. Um, and now Conte is... It's kind of funny, really. Because um, it's not like we're... You know, it's not like we're 10th and we're, we're, we're struggling to get wins. Um, it, like, to me, I think me and you discussed it a little while ago. It feels like in the formation we got, you need to be clinical and you need to... You need things to sort of go your way. And you need to have the players that are clicking. Um, you know, like when Sonny clicks, he will score goals. If Sonny had been the way he was against Leicester, against Sporting, we'd have been 2 0 up in that game easily. But he wasn't. It's just one of those days. It, it didn't. It didn't click on that day. Um, I think having that separate formation uh, with the three in midfield is good. Um, I think there are certain games where we've looked like our midfield's being cut through far too easily. Um, and I think if going away to Arsenal, uh, going away to Man City, Liverpool, going away in the Champions League, starting with three in midfield wouldn't be a bad thing, no. in my in my opinion. Well, did the, 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 Leicester, the Leicester game was a perfect, uh, perfect example of it, wasn't it? Mm. Because the first half... Uh, you know, Leicester, Leicester were all over us. I mean, it was it was insane. Like, at the, at the, I can remember with a couple of minutes to go. So please, ref, just please blow the whistle. This is they're going to destroy us, you know. Yeah. And then and then you came out the second half. Came out the second half. He stuck with the formation, and yeah. it kind of worked for a little while. But then you kind of kind of see Leicester creeping back into it. And as soon as he made those subs and went back, or went to the sort of the three yeah, in the it middle, was, it, it was game over. It completely changed the game, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's interesting because we always talk about these coaches like they're infallible. Um, he, like all of us in life, is learning all the time. And he's learning about his players, about this squad all the time. So him making that change and seeing that impact won't be lost on him. Hmm. You know, he wouldn't have done that and gone, well, that worked well for 10 minutes, back to normal. Yeah, He'd have yeah. looked at it and gone, that's, that's good. I know I can do that now. I know this team can do that. So, you know, so so that is it's going to be there. It's like, okay, guys, we now have that string to our bow. Brilliant. <laughs> now, now we work on developing, getting better. You know, and against against the lesser team, you might see me start Kulusevski as a wing back because we're just going to go at them. You know, from yeah, yeah. minute one. So it's it's interesting to see what he does now. Um, like so, for example, our next game in the league, uh, Touchwood is Arsenal away. Uh, we'll come on to that, um, but. If I'd prefer us to go down and start with three in midfield, um, I'd like to see Basuma, Bentoncourt, and Hoybier, assuming they're all fit, or, or skip in for any of them if they're not, and go there and get parity early and, and see where that goes. Um, because Arsenal will, will try and swamp us. Oh, completely. Otherwise. Yeah. And um, they probably will. Cause, I mean, if Leicester were doing it, a team bottom of the league, you know, away exactly. at Arsenal is yeah. almost a given, isn't it? If they're not, it is. if they're not on form. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so okay uh, Ireland brother I hope we've answered that uh, sufficiently for you my friend we are now heading over to Facebook uh, the good old people book of face and we open with uh, Ahmed Salah who says should Conte start playing Longley not Lenglet as I called him ahead of Ben Davies for me it's a yes uh, 
Oh, do you know? Do you know what? Uh, when we went to the um, when we went to the Glister game, yeah. I think I told you we always uh, with about you know they, they, the players will warm up, so we normally get into the stadium about three quarters of an hour before the game starts. Yeah. So we wander right at the front. I've been in the south stand. That's where the players warm up, and the, the first eleven will always warm up. If you imagine you're in the south stand and you're looking at the pitch. The, the first yeah. eleven will always warm up to the left hand side, right in front of the uh, stand there. So we'll kind of make our way over yeah. there. And Sib's uh, <laughs> always trying to get their attention. They all go, Richardson, Kane, son, because yeah, they, they run forward and then they run back. Yeah. So like when they're running towards you, and and he was doing it, and then and he was like, oh, I'm going to give up. And then he was like, I'm going to try one more time. And he went, Linglet, like that, and he gave him a wave. And honestly, Yay. you should see his face. And I'm well, like, I said, he's probably mate, giving you a wave, mate, because you yeah. pronounced his name Shut wrong. And he's like, up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We all see you, mate. Yeah. Um, in that case, uh, that's enough for me. Lengle for captain and world leader because he made Seb happy. Oh. Um, so yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Davis is also injured, so it makes that really easy. Um, Do you know there was, there was a boy? Funny enough, there was a boy at the last game I went to, and he was going Richardson, Richardson every time he turned Richardson, yeah. and then he didn't look at him. And yeah. when we looked, when we sort of walked away, I looked at the boy and I was like, he's got a striking resemblance to Richard. So I went, are you related? He went, yeah, I'm his cousin. I was like, oh, shut up, mate. I'll but you imagine. know, but he did have that resemblance. So yeah. part of me thinking he might not have even been joking. That, but I think Richardson would have probably waved back if it was his cousin. <laughs> well, he also would probably shout his first name. Yeah, wouldn't he? Exactly. <laughs> not, not his like given football name. Like, I like that. Yeah, Kane, Kane, do you know him? Yeah, he's me brother. All right, whatever, Charlie. Um, <laughs> Mr. Kane, sir. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have Peter Robinson, who says the so-called 150 million pound war chest that was allocated to buy new players. I can only assume that this isn't just based on the initial price of the purchase player, but also their wages? Question mark. Are the clubs still paying part wages to the four senior players that went out on loan? This person's asking lots of questions. I know, detailed, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to do them in, in bits because otherwise I'm going to get confused. So the 150 million war chest is an interesting concept. There was 150 million injected by the owners of the club into the football inside. The press told everyone that was for transfers. Not the club. The club said that has been put into the football inside. So the narrative was we are going to spend 150 million on new players. That was never the case. <laughs> that was never the case because Tottenham. Why would you advertise that for a start? You know why? Why would you go to everyone you're looking to buy a player from and go, "Hey, we're in the money." <laughs> you don't. That's ridiculous. However, what it allowed us to do, which previously we've been unable to do, is we were able to do our business early because typically we have got to sell to sign. But that money injected enabled us to buy the players we wanted, get them in for Antonio Conte's pre-season. The vast majority were there in plenty of time. Uh, a couple of smaller signs towards the end that weren't, but it enabled us to do that. And it also enabled us to strongly negotiate players on the way out. In an ideal world, we'd have sold the players we wanted out. But the thing is, you've got to remember, is Europe, outside of the Premier League, football's basically bankrupt. You know, you look around Spain, all these countries, yeah, there's transfers going on, but compared to what it was before, it's nothing like. And all of these deals are loans with agreements with 
oh, we'll give you £10 now and £50 never. You know, it's, Yeah, sure. There is a lot of really complicated transfers in Europe right now. Um, you know, players buying themselves out of contracts to enable them to get the move, waiving transfer, you know, waiving percentages here, there and everywhere. It's it's a strange, really uh, difficult market. And because of that, we we can literally sell to Premier League rivals or we do loan deals and stuff. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I know for a fact if we were to loan Tangi Undenbelli to someone in the Premier League, the guy would look awesome for an entire season and be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, we didn't spend $150 million on new players, but it did enable us to do the business we needed to do, and that money's in there. That is a cash injection that's gone in, and as players do sell, that's, you know, that's, that's in there now. It's there. So it is going to enable us to do business in January, and then next summer again, Hopefully, some of these players we'd have agreed fees and agreed to move them on. Yeah. And the next one was, are the clubs still playing part of the wages? Um, each one's different. Uh, I think Harry Winks no, Regulon no, they're being covered in full. Uh, La Celso, I think we're covering twenty five percent of his wages, and um, uh, and Don Belly, I think it's about forty percent of his wages. So, yeah, it's it's mostly off the books, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, if they are, or even if not, then surely the wage budget must have massively increased due to more playing staff overall. Um, our wage structure at the club is pretty solid. Um, you got to realise that um, with the new stadium, we are now an absolute financial powerhouse. It is insane. Um, you just based on FFP rules, for example, our income now, uh, our wage bill to that is, I think, one of the lowest in the Premier League, but wow. you know, uh, percentage wise. So you can go up to, I think, it's 60% of your income in wages, and that's allowed under FFP. And uh, I think we're at like 40 something, we used to be around 50, and that was, and that was considered, you know, good management. That, you know, mm. that was good. So this is why Kane can earn best part of three hundred grand a week, and we could offer him even more than that if we wanted. Yeah, um, we have got that within, you know, like I said, the new stadium. Once COVID had gone, you know, it's, it's it's made us a financial powerhouse. It does do the job we wanted it to do. Um, I hope all this makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Also, do you think the slow start to games this season has anything to do with Conte's? so-called brutal pre-season no doubt it would be worth it in the long run but do you think the players are possibly tired um i'm not sure again um it's a weird season so i'm not sure if they're kind of um if there's not already an element of the players don't want to get injured <laughs> don't want to i don't you know i've got a world cup coming up I don't know, and maybe it takes Conte at halftime just shaking him awake, saying, you ain't going to the frigging World Cup unless you pull your finger out, and all of them going, oh yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, sure. I don't know. It's it's weird, and it? it is a bit odd. Um, but it's not just us. I'm seeing it with a few clubs, a few players at different teams, that you have a kind of expectation of where they perform, and it's just not there at the moment. I mean, Liverpool, for example, are... 
a shadow of themselves. Like you see them click and you go, oh, there they are, they're back. Then the next game, they're absolutely shocking again. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there's a bit of it. There's a bit of it out there. Um, I mean, we are third. In, we are third in the league because we're unbeaten. So, I mean, yeah, is, is it a poor start? <laughs> I, I think he meant poor start in games. Like as in, we start slow. <laughs> I think enough. was what he was saying. Uh, Tom Perk says, "Hi, chaps. In your opinion, what is Longley? Sorry, is Longley better than Davies?" First touch, positionally, defensive, set pieces, aerially. Uh, Tom, we've just had this conversation, and because he waved at Seb, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He is God amongst men. He is uh, the new pinup. We, we love him. <laughs> we love him, yeah. Um, Matthew Fleming says, post-international break, do you think we'll start seeing Skip and Bazuma rotated in like our forwards? Um, if so, what combination of midfield do you think will bring the breast balance? Um we're going to be two games a week right up until the World Cup. Um, I say two games a week is three, really, but, you know, it just rolls. <laughs> um, so I think we'll definitely see rotation. Um, I think Skip is a very accomplished player at breaking play, simple pass. I think partnered with Basuma could work. You know, Skip break the play. Basuma has the ability to do that, plus bring the ball forward a lot more confidently. Um, I really like Benson Kerr. I think he does a phenomenal job in the team and he's really, you really notice when he's not there. Um, it's like you don't really see the work he does and then he's not there and it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> our midfield seems non-existent. Hoybier, <laughs> um, uh, I think, is also, I think Hoybier is a better player when he is able to take the shackles off and bring the ball forward. Um, you only got to see his, his, you know, his assist for Son's hat-trick goal, where he basically burst past, you know, it's like the 90th or whatever minute it was, and he's played every minute of every game, and he literally sprints past with the ball, a midfielder. You know, he just bursts past him, and it's kind of like, well, you got that in your locker, mate. Why aren't you doing that more often? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think? What do you think about balance-wise? Yeah, I mean, um, that's the thing. We're still relatively early in the season. So it's it's hard to kind of, you know, at, at the moment, it's more or less one game a week. I know obviously we had the champion, you know, but luck, and luckily the Man City game was called off. And if it wasn't yeah. for that, it would start to feel like we're really in the season. But until until then, it was kind of one a week. And once we get into the real meat of the season, I know it's been interrupted randomly by World Cup, but... You yeah. know, as long as we're successful in all these competitions, then it's going to be a lot of games. So yeah. it's difficult to kind of, I think, you know, because conversation me and you had last week, and I was saying about how Conte doesn't like to doesn't like to change his first eleven. You know, at the end of last season yeah. or when when he came in those last sort of dozen odd games or or, or more. You know, like I said, you could predict every lineup. But then last yeah. the last game against uh, Leicester, I, I messaged you, didn't I? I said, "Wow, I didn't see this coming." Right, so no, he's obviously no, gonna, no. he needs he, he's going to start change whether it's form or injuries and that. But he's got these players now, so I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of um, a lot of mixing up of players and a lot of like you know players in and players out. I mean, like the, the, the one, th- I mean, with the Leicester game, 
uh, obviously Sun was one that we was most of us were probably calling for, yeah. and as it turned out, it worked out really well. But the, and yeah. you look at Romero on the bench, and Romero, I don't know if he was injured because he did come on the second half. Yeah. But was that was that just a kind of you know I'll rest you for this game and I'll put uh, uh, Sanchez on for, for half? You know, I wonder whether he's now going to start utilising the extra <clears throat> plays he's got and. We'll, we'll, we'll see a, a lot of mixing of the players and a and a and a. Yeah. Do you know, no, do you know, I think I think you're right. I think we will see more like okay, thirty minutes for this player. I mean, he can make five subs, and he's not really been utilising that. Yeah, um, it, yeah may, may, maybe it's just a, right. maybe it's just maybe it's just a thing of you know, for the for the managers. I know they had a season of it under COVID, and I don't know if it was the same in Italy when because he was at Inter, wasn't he, at the time? But maybe yeah. it's a case of managers just trying to get their head around it themselves and. You know, working with yeah. this fact that you can have five subs now. I, I wanted to say before before we move on, I wanted to say, and I remember, and it's funny this moment. It's just from um, you triggered my memory of it when you was talking about Hoybier making darting runs forward. Yeah. Do you remember that moment with Romero when he somehow was yeah, was yeah. was going to just tap in? It was harder to yeah. miss than it was to score. And we we were saying in the stands that he looked over, saw that the linesman had put his flag up <laughs> and just tapped it to the ball boy just to get the yeah. game moving again. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, clearly think, what he was I doing. Think right? I think, I think that's was, very kind. The miss I, was insane. I, think I, said, I said he is such an incredible defender, his instincts kicked in and he put it behind him. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nope, clear the ball. Oh, crap. But just yeah. what, was he, what was he doing there? Like a centre-back, like, out there for tapping. He, I mean, like... he loves it. He loves that. He loves that role. Um but yeah, that was a funny moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, next question is from Stepin Stefan himself, who says, what do you think our actual strongest 11 is? Not necessarily our best players, but the 11 that work best as a team. Um, I honestly don't know. It's such a difficult question now. Like, I, uh, Conte, you know, like you said, he didn't really change it a lot. <laughs> um, so you'd look at that and go, well, that's who Conte thinks is clearly our best 11. Hmm. But I'm really not sure because whenever he talks, he talks uh, squad. And he always says, and it is a perception thing, he's like, you don't, if you want to be a big club, don't think of it as a best 11. Mm. Think of it as an 11 that goes out and then you're going to swap things, you're going to change things from game to game or even in game. And I think that's a lot of that is obviously to keep the squad togetherness. You know, you need to say that <laughs> because otherwise people are going to start becoming disillusioned, start looking for a move because they've not played a few games and stuff. Um, but for me, I, I find it difficult. I mean, uh, I think you can easily say Lloris is the best keeper. I think Lloris starts, so he's the club captain as well. Um, but then when it comes to wing backs, uh, I honestly don't know. Um, Perisic, I think, starts above Sessignon, but... Uh, Doherty or Royale, I could, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind which. I think Eric Dyer and Romero start, but then Ben Davis or Longley or Tanganga or Sanchez, I'm not worried, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, in the midfield, I think Benton Kur for me, but then I, I'm happy with Skip, Basuma, like any of those options, I, I'm okay. I'm not worried. Like, you know, we used to have a situation where. We'd start a t- we'd we'd see a team sheet and you'd see a massive drop like Musa Dembele in that Pochettino team. If Dembele wasn't in the eleven, it was a drop. Yeah, it didn't matter who it was, but we as fans were like, oh no, <laughs> you know this you know the best will in the world 
it is a drop in quality there. Mm. Um, I think, you know, similar to like not having Kane in the start in 11, because Kane is, is a level above. But then, like, you know, if Kane needs resting, I'm not going to feel bad about Richarlison, Kulisevsky and Son. You know, I'm not I'm not going to be worried. I think Richarlison's work rate, his ability in the air is phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't really have uh, for me. I don't really have a best 11. I couldn't pick one. I, I'm there. You know, there's so many options there and a combinations that I'm happy with. Yeah. Like when 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 the when the, before the game kicked off. Uh, against Leicester, they, obviously they put the, the team up on the big screen, and because of uh, the um, you know everything around sort of the uh, the, the two minute uh, silence and thing for the late, late Queen, uh, they they normally announce it um, pre game, but they put it up about ten fifteen minutes before, so they didn't have to announce it before the game, you know. And you look up at the screen, and and, and the subs bench. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to claim that it's like, like a Man City subs bench. But it's very strong, and out of the, I mean, what is it? Was it is it ten subs you were allowed to have? Not ten, I can't remember who it was, but the guy next to me said that subs bench could make a first eleven and and do yeah. f- and and be very comfortable in the Premier League with that with that. And that's yeah. our subs bench, you know. So you're right, we've got strength everywhere now, which is exactly what Conte wanted. It is, it yeah. is. and it is a big change. You know, the window wasn't like. Uh, five world-class players coming in and everyone's celebrating these massive signings, but it did do what windows are supposed to do and make you stronger than before the window started. Yeah, of course. And we are definitely that. Yeah. Uh, okay, the final question then, and this man is his own theme as well, so we'll finish with this. Here is a question from Ryan Miller. You all know what time it is. It's Miller time. It is Ryan Miller, and he says, "What's your thoughts on Basuma and Spence not getting much game time? We've covered Basuma. Yeah. <laughs> what was what's your thoughts on Jed Spence? I mean, it, it, Conte didn't didn't kind of hide the fact that it wasn't a signing that he made and he asked for. True. It felt like a kind of a Levy one for the future signing. See if we can yeah. make a lot of money on him when he's very very good. Yeah. But look, he had a, he had a great he had a great season last season." Um, for Forest, but it was in the Championship, so yeah. you know, make of that, I guess, what you will. Yeah, I, I feel like I know that I don't think me and you have been guilty of it, but I think as fans, as a fan base, we're guilty of seeing someone doing well. For example, Scarlett at Portsmouth, um, Troy Parrott's doing well at Preston, although. I mean, yeah. they're they all three goals in their first ten games. So, yeah, the, the but, team's struggling. Yeah, but the but team's struggling. But, well. but he's playing well. Yeah. So people like fans would be like, right, why aren't they in the first eleven? Why aren't they in the first eleven? And yeah. and it's sometimes you've got to kind of step back and say, look, these players they've got a great lot of potential here. But then when you look at someone like Perisic, for example, I know Perisic is a, is a player that's been there, done it, and and he's you know he's coming to the autumn almost win of his career, but these players need to develop, you know, they yeah. need to develop and give them time. You know, I'm, I'm sure he'll get his chance, but he's not playing in the championship for, for Forest. He's playing in the Premier League for yeah. a team that are in the top four that are fighting to, to win things, you know? So yeah. I, I don't, I'm... I think, I think you only got to look at Basuma. Basuma in the Premier League is experienced and was rated as one of the best midfielders in the league last year is not starting games because Conte wants him to work on things. Spence is going to be no different to that. Conte will have seen him in training 
and will be working with him to develop him mm. um, because he's there, he's young. Um, my my things, my my thoughts on it are: this kid has got a lot of talent and ability, but he needs to play. So if Conte gets to January and he's like, you know, he ain't he ain't going to be starting for me this season. He needs to develop this, this, and this. If the kid's got the right attitude, he'll say, "Okay, I'll work on that. Let me go on loan yeah. for the second part of the season." Yeah, sure. Um, and then you'll come back. So I'll have to wait and see because the thing is, as well as you know, squad games in football, you won't. You're only ever an injury away from someone having an opportunity. Um, you know, yeah, of course. Emerson Royale gets injured, Doherty gets injured. All of a sudden, Jed's there, mm. and if he takes that opportunity with both hands, you never look back. So, you no, know, I, I remember Gareth Bale nearly leaving us to go on loan and then an injury to a Soakotu meant he had to come in at left back. Yep. And then he was undroppable. Yep. You know, when Okoto came back, he then moved to left wing. So, yeah. So it's it's all about, you know, something happening and an opportunity and taking that opportunity. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we did it. We answered all the questions first, and that's nearly filled the entire show. <laughs> oh, we don't tired, talk much about the game, have we? <laughs> no, I mean Tottenham six, Leicester two, makes it sound like we absolutely smacked the crap out of them and conceded a couple of goals. In reality, at half time, I thought there was only one winner, and it wasn't us. Oh god, yeah, it wasn't great um, at half time, was it? But focusing on the second half, uh, that. Goal from uh, Bentoncourt robbing the ball and finishing was everything Conte must be trying to drill into the team about pressing and winning the ball back high. <laughs> um, he just did not see it coming, the defender, did no, he? Really didn't see it coming no. at all. <laughs> you, you know, it's one of those things, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Um, I kind of felt for him because I think that is where you want the ground to swallow you and never return. But I think he managed to get himself back in the game after that. But I, I, is there any recovering from that? That's just, mm. it's just a moment. And it's just a moment of, oh, because they showed a replay of him looking across, seeing where the nearest Tottenham player was and thinking, ah, oh, i got time. Yeah. So he gets the ball and he just goes to turn and boom, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, but Bentoncourt, brilliant. I mean, he spotted that. He saw him look and then just sprinted the minute he went back to the ball. And yeah, I mean, you, you, he's, to take it off him and then finish the way he did, I think shows his quality as well. Did you did you see on the replay of it, I don't know if you saw the replay, but he gets the ball and he's obviously running and he gives a puff of his cheeks. He's like, yeah. right, okay, yeah. let's just put this in the back <laughs> of the net. <laughs> yeah, well, the funniest thing, of course, is Kane was to his left. Right. You just know if he didn't score that, Kane's got him by the throat. <laughs> you yeah. get rid of me. Um, but yeah, he did score and it was a good goal. It's his first Tottenham goal, I believe. Um, first Premier League goal, anyway. Yeah. And then, of course, we have a substitution. Sonny, who had been left out of the first 11 for the first time this season, comes on. He's not scored at all. He's, you know, he's, and he's looked out of form. We talked about it. It's like, you know, sometimes you've got to play yourself into form and sometimes maybe you need to be sat on the bench for a bit. Well, he needed to be sat on the bench for about an hour, it would seem. Yeah. Uh, because he then scored a hat-trick in just under 14 minutes, That's I believe insane. someone said. Yeah. Um, that was Sonny, we know and love. Now, you're in that stand. When he's running at two defenders, and it's just him there, and then he hits that shot, which goes in the top corner. What, what I mean, 
where was where was your emotion, mate? Because I mean, I'm watching. I nearly had tears in my eyes. I was so happy for him. It was ridiculous. Yeah, obviously we we all launched as you do. It's, it goes full limbs, doesn't it? You know when something yeah, like that happens. Yeah, yeah. But the biggest noise that from from that was when yeah. the goal was scored. And I don't know if this was yeah. picked up on television. The goal was scored, and then they announce. Uh, the announcer always says uh, yeah, goal yeah, scored yeah. by. And as soon as he said son, yeah. honestly, the eruption to the point where. I kind of had a little bit of ringing in my ears and that just oh, showed you right. how much everyone was just so happy that it was yeah. him, you know, because he, he said it afterwards, didn't he? That he yeah. felt like he was letting the fans down. He's let his team yeah, down. And, what, and just... it's, we've got such an affection for him. He's got such an such affection for us. Wonderful guy. <laughs> yeah. Just... What did you make of him not, not raising a smile for any of the three goals? I think what you're seeing there is relief. Yeah. I think what you're seeing there is a guy who, that first goal when he just stood there, was like, that felt like, oh, oh, finally. And it, it you almost like the weight went off his shoulders. And you could yeah. see him just like, oh, where? And everyone's like going mad at him. And then he went back and he thanked the fans and went back. And he scored the second goal, which was another worldie. That one, I think there was a little bit of anger. A little bit, he was, he was shushing, doing that to his lips and I think that was there's a few people need to shut up now you know a few people yeah. are going to go at me you can leave me alone now and in the hat trick of course kind of got ruined by the flag going up I think he'd have been in the stands <laughs> yeah. if that flag hadn't gone up yeah. but it all got it all got subdued because of it but the best thing was apparently the referee stood right next to him the referee said I'm just waiting he said it's fine I know I'm on side yeah, and yeah. the referee went oh, alright and, right. and then the referee rather than saying to him yeah you're right he did the full signal in front of him yeah, <laughs> so, so right. he had to yeah. wait for him to do it yeah. and then then obviously he celebrated but I think if that flag hadn't gone up you know you'd have seen him proper lose it on mm. the third um, but unfortunately he's, he's just turned the celebrate and saw the flag yeah, um, and yeah. Do, do you know what? Look, I know me and you have had tons of conversations about VAR, but yeah. honestly, like being in the stadium, mate, it just oh, it does. It, it does it, have a killer. And and it's and it's, it's it's one of those things where it's almost like some VAR decisions aren't. You know, you don't agree with them, and it's like it yeah. swings and roundabouts, and they even themselves up. These decisions even themselves out before VAR. Oh, no. So just get rid of it. This is go back to where it was. I just honestly, I'm just. It's taking all the. It was, it, it, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. You know when something's organic and it's it's taking yeah, it, it away, it's, it's taken away so much? Because, because you, you kind of... Um, someone said to me the other day, I said, oh, no, because you celebrate twice. I said, no. I said, because when you used to see the ball at the back of the net, you'd lose it with not one part of you because the flag's down, there's yeah, not one part you know of you. Yeah, you know it's 100%. You know it's a goal. Now, when I celebrate, and my daughter attests to this... The amount of time she jumps, I was like, yeah, and I'm going, oh, no, I think it might have been off. No. Because my brain automatically goes, something's going to ruin this. Yeah. Something's, you know, perhaps it hit a hand 10 passes ago. Perhaps someone got pushed and no one could see it in the melee. Yeah. And then, and so it has it has definitely taken that away. Um, and it is sad. I mean, you know, in the stands, you kind of lose it anyway. But the fact of the matter is, like when all you guys lost it for the hat trick and then saw the flag up, when the f- goal was finally given, it got hooray! Yeah, but it's but not the nothing, same. And it's the same when... Nothing it's, compared. No, it's the same when Lloris saved the penalty. Like, we yeah. was all like, oh my God, we're just giving away a penalty in the first few yeah. minutes. It's saved it, come on! Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it's going to be retaken. Yeah. You're not... See, now, just on that, and um, obviously it's happened to us, so I've seen it. 
how unfair is things on goalkeepers, by the way? I know. It's just like, I know the game's about goals, and I know you want to create a product which is exciting, etc. But can we give the goalkeepers a chance, please? Yeah. You know, yeah. you are not allowed to step off your line. All right, now I get that. He's not allowed to go running at him. <laughs> you are not allowed to, like, scream and run at him like a lunatic as he's running up. But he literally, it's like, uh, uh, what, half a foot yeah, he's ridiculous. come off his line. Ridiculous. And it is a, basically, he's jumped, he's enabled him to get that jump to make the save. Can we, can we, someone, somewhere, get a goalkeeper in a position of authority, get Smichael ele- elected to FIFA or something, so we can give goalkeepers a chance because, yeah, like even if that had happened again, you know, like if that had happened for us, so me and you would both like, yeah, we got the goal, ha. But at the same time, I'd still look at that and go, that's so unfair, mm-hmm. you know, Larice, it's so unfair. Yeah. Come on, give yeah. g- give keepers a chance. Yeah. Um, so I would not object to that rule changing at all. Um, it just doesn't feel fair. No. Now, the last thing I want to talk about very, very briefly, and it kind of brings your career in here, my friend. My understanding is the North London Derby is a possible doubt. What, what? And the reason why it's a possible doubt is because of rail strikes. Yeah, what is the date of it? Is it the first? The first. Yeah, we, we, do you know what? Funny enough, my network is striking. I'm not because I'm in a different union to the unions that are yeah. striking. But oh. do you know what? The chain, the chains still run. Um because I remember I, I didn't go to the Wolves game because I was working and yeah. that was a strike as well. Yeah. And it, the fans, I, I mean, the, the, net, the network come on, the, the trains run, they run at a, yeah. a reduced service, so the trains do run. Yeah. And the underground, uh, I mean, I don't know if the underground is striking, that's going to be Well, that's, that's the other thing. Apparently they are part right. of it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about the situation to know if it's a real risk. I've read three or four articles saying if confirmed on the first, which it appears to be now, then they will look at it. Because, of course, uh, as someone said to me the other day, and it's a massive point, and it was all around the Queen's funeral, etc., with games being called off, it's not just fans being able to get to and access. It's a lot of this down to the policing. Yeah. So, like, if you've got strikes and stuff like that, then policing resources could be here, could be there. They could be scattered and not have the ability to move where you want them to. The roads will be busier, which, again, creates more of a problem and a headache. Um, yeah. so it, a lot of it there's a lot more to it is basically the point of not just like so people will be late tough shit yeah, you know course. Yeah, no, of it, course. there's there's more to it so um, everyone keep an eye on that um, uh, I'm, I mean if they are going to postpone it do it you know let us know now yeah, yeah. You know, make the announcement now let everybody know plenty of time what I hate is when it's the day before yeah, yeah. and they'll argue oh we tried to the last minute to find Nah, <laughs> give fans a chance because people, you know, have got a book time, they got to do stuff. And, and so, yeah, it, it irks me a bit. Now, being Arsenal, of course, it's not like fans are booking hotels and traveling. Sure. It's, it's, it's over there. Sure. You know? yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, sure. But at the same time, still, give people a bit of notice. Uh, but anyway, uh, that is it. That is our show. Um, we've discussed everything. We, we answered all the questions thoroughly this week. <laughs> in great detail. Uh, we will be back next week um, to talk about all things wonderful in the world of Tottenham Hotspur and maybe there'll be a North London Derby. We'll see. Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, until then, my friend, you take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. 
stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.